Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 42 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. This week I've travelled down to Chippenham in Wiltshire in the UK to have a chat with Alan Potter, the Managing Director at Brunel Microscopes. This week's really different because I've managed to get myself out of the office for today's podcast. But more exciting than that even is that we are about to launch some new products on our website and those are going to be Brunel microscopes. I'm really delighted to say that within a few days of this podcast going live you'll be able to find a whole range of beekeeping microscopy equipment on our website which is www norfolk-honey.co.uk and please do take a look at some of the products there they're designed specifically for beekeepers and with beekeepers in mind you should be able to find everything that you need to get involved in microscopy and hopefully that will help you with the enjoyment of your beekeeping hobby not only the enjoyment of your hobby but also allow you to identify pollen and also identify things like diseases so please do take a look at that I'll put all the links again in the show notes as normal. So today I've travelled down to Brunel Microscopes in Chippenham to have a conversation with their managing director, Alan Potter, who has very kindly invited us along to really have a conversation about the history, uh, how Brunel Microscopes uh, formed, uh, what they're up to, and why microscopy can be so important for beekeepers. So thanks very much for inviting us along, Alan. Um, so the first question, really, at the Brunel Microscopes, uh, how long have they been around and, and what's their history? Well, it's good to see you, Stuart, and you're very welcome. Uh, the history of Brunel Microscopes goes back a long way to about 19... I think it was 1982 when it first started. Um, I was at that time working in a hospital path lab as a clinical scientist, and a friend of mine said, did I know where he could get a microscope that wasn't a plastic toy, didn't cost funny money for right. his son who was a 12 year old and to cut a very long story short at those times there was no google there was no internet to interrogate so the only thing i could do since i didn't really know where you could buy a you know a student yes. microscope uh, i used professional ones that cost an arm and a leg i went down to the local library and i looked under the european directory of various manufacturers under Enver microscope and I found a company in Czechoslovakia. Okay. And after about a three-month to-and-fro conversation, because uh, my Czech isn't particularly good, and their English was not an awful lot better, <laughs> sure. I ended up with a microscope in right. the UK from them, and it cost me £105. Pounds. Okay. And I gave it to my friend's son as a Christmas present. Excellent. And then two weeks later, a friend of his said, could I get him one? And then a friend of the right. friend said, could I get him one? And now, whatever that is, 36 years later, I've got a microscope company that employs 10 people. Incredible. And the company's really renowned for selling microscopes to universities, colleges, schools, scientific-based laboratories, and not really so much for beekeepers. Yeah, beekeepers are one of a, quite a number of groups that need microscopes because they keep a living organism in a relatively artificial environment. 
Um, koi carp keepers are the same. Racing pigeon keepers are the same, and so on. And if you do that, inevitably, it interferes with the natural balance between parasites, diseases, and uh, normal, healthy specimens. Sure. So there is always an issue going on between whether or not your hive is going to get problems and diseases. And to sort that out, you need microscopes. Uh, added to which, of course, the BBKA has um, a microscopy module in its qualifications, which requires individuals to dissect bees, sure. identify pollen, and do various things. Yeah, um, and uh, beekeepers found us all those years ago, and whilst I don't keep bees myself, I do understand why beekeepers need microscopes. And we have uh, a range which we think suit what they have to do. Sure. And for a lot of beekeepers, they tend to focus very much on the equipment that they use for keeping their bees, their hives, their bee suits, hive Mm. tools, that kind of thing. And microscopes tend to take, as I've found, a a bit of a back seat. Mm. And beekeepers do sometimes concern themselves about the cost of microscopy and think that it's prohibitively expensive for them to get started but that's not the case is it no it's not prohibitively expensive and to, and to be honest i suppose you can't replace good husbandry with, as sure. a beekeeper but if you do have microscopes then they can add significantly to the enjoyment of the of the interest yeah. and also it can provide essential information as to whether you've got nasema infection or acarin problems or, or whatever yes but the, the hard fact is, because of the laws of physics, you do need two distinct microscopes. Microscopes divide themselves quite naturally into those that are used for high-power magnification, so you'd need those to look at pollen, for example, or you'd need them to spot nosema. But then if you wanted to, to dissect a bee, you can't use one of these high-power microscopes. You have to use a low-power stereo microscope. So you actually need two instruments. Sure. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's that expensive. An entry-level low-power microscope for less than £100 and an entry-level high-power microscope for just over £100. And and for a lot of beekeepers, I think, I'm biased because I have a, a an enthusiasm for the microscopy aspect of beekeeping, but for a lot of beekeepers that's really only the cost of an additional hive Mm -hmm. and it can play a huge part in disease identification for one thing as you say nosema is one of those areas that beekeepers like to be able to check for and it can help with improving the the health of their colonies so i think for for that kind of money that's actually quite affordable one of the interesting aspects that i've been approached recently about is pollen identification in honey samples Mm. and the provenance of of the honey knowing that it's local knowing that it's been produced by their bees uh, in their back garden but also being able to say oh my bees have been foraging on blackberries or they've been in that field of oilseed rape and we can do that with these microscopes can't we you can indeed and you do need a fairly high magnification for that you need a times 400 to be sure about the pollen grains that are the smallest but it's very straightforward to make preparations of these pollen grains and we provide a pollen kit which contains everything that you need to be able to 
make these preparations and importantly identify them and you're looking at about 30 35 pounds for what you need to be able to make these slide preparations oh, and one of the things certainly that again i found as as i've progressed through it's very easy to get started it's a bit like beekeeping you can get started really quickly hmm. in an affordable way but as you become more involved in it so that interest can build and you can add more equipment and improve upgrade the equipment so if for instance i'd got a a base entry model uh, microscope both the stereo microscope and the high powered microscope what kind of price jump would i be looking at if i wanted to upgrade the base model that i've got to the next model up you'd be looking at about 200 pounds for a stereo that showed a significant increase and about £275 for the high power microscope that shows a significant increase. In lots of ways microscopes are a little bit like motor cars in that they've all got four wheels and a steering wheel and a gear lever maybe um, but there's a significant difference in the driving experience between say a I don't know, a Citroen 2CV and a Jaguar F-Pace. So it depends where you want to be in your driving experience, but both vehicles would get you down to Sainsbury's to do the shopping every week. And the same applies to identifying parasites and the different parts of B. You don't have to have the more expensive ones, but it does add significantly to the pleasure of using them and the ease with which you can use them. And also you can then start to add photography equipment to them and record what you're seeing and that's again something that i've stepped into recording images from the microscope if i had the basic setup and wanted to record some images from that is that going to be quite expensive for me to do though a basic camera to attach to a microscope costs 50 pounds right and that sounds remarkably cheap yes but it's simply that the technology has progressed rapidly over the last 15 20 years so things are now quite cheap but there is a there's a cost of course to the there's a cost to only paying 50 pounds and that's maybe you won't get the best image in the world but if you double that up to about 100 pounds you get a very good camera system and the way those systems work is they provide a constant video feed to your laptop or pc and then you simply grab a frame when you want a still image But you can also, if you've got a digital SLR, take the lens off of the digital SLR and just using the camera back with a very simple tube adapter, attach that to a microscope and take pictures as you would on of your holidays and the birthday parties and all the rest of it. And one of the upgrades, if if you like, uh, is something called a trinocular microscope. Now, I understand what that is, but for our listeners... Could you explain the difference between the microscope that has the single eyepiece, yeah. the one that looks like a pair of binoculars that you can look through with both eyes, and then what a trinocular microscope sure. is? Well, as far as the high-power microscope is concerned, a monocular is, as the name suggests, just one eyepiece for you to look down, and that's fine for occasional use, but if you were using that professionally 24-7 and eventually you'd end up with one big eye and one small eye so the obvious thing to do is to have two eye tubes to look down but it does jump the price up quite a bit because there needs to be a system of prisms in the head to make sure that the one image that's come from the objective that you're using is divided successfully into two and then joined back again at the point 
that it reaches your eyes so it does put the price up but once you've gone onto a binocular microscope it's not that more expensive to have a, a third tube which will be behind the two eyepieces that you look down so this third vertical tube is where you can attach a camera so you've got a camera in place all the time so that when you see something that you might want to take a picture of the camera's there ready waiting to go rather than having to disengage yourself from the microscope set up uh, an adapter and put the camera back on and, and fiddle because that tends to persuade people that maybe they won't take that picture this time sure. to wait for another one and for me that that's a real advantage because i do like to just work through the slides in progression and to have the ability to just pop the camera on the yeah. trinocular yeah. take the photograph and move on yeah just seems so much easier than having as you say to almost dismantle part of your Absolutely. microscope one of the things that i'm really keen to do is to catalogue all of the pollen that my bees go out and visit. And uh, making up a pollen slide, as I found, is not that tricky. It's something that most beekeepers could get to grips with quite simply, isn't it? It is indeed, yeah. In fact, we sell um, a mountant, which is what you, the, the chemical that you use to, to keep the pollen in and to hold a little cover slip on top of it to make it permanent. Um, and that particular mountain has a stain in it so that very quickly you can uh, mount your pollen grains into the, your slide preparation and the stain will move from the mountain into the pollen grains and stain them a kind of pink red colour so you can see all the various structures and that, that happens within a matter of minutes. For a beginner beekeeper or even an advanced beekeeper who would like to get into microscopy and just start the process of learning how to use a microscope. Could you just uh, explain maybe a standard kit, including microscopes, that they would need that would allow them to get started in microscopy? Sure. Well, the first thing would be um, a high-power microscope. Now, that makes it sound as though it's going to be very expensive because it's high-power. High-power just means the upper limit of the magnification. And even the more um, basic high-power microscopes will magnify up to times a thousand. Right. And uh, the one that we sell most to beginners um, in beekeeping is the SP22, which is £120 or thereabouts, Great. including the VAT. Yeah. And that will magnify to, from times 40 up to times a thousand. So it will be fine for pollen. Okay. You would then need, of course, some microscope slides and some cover slips. Right. Because you have to put a very thin sliver of glass on top of your specimen and that's called a cover slip for obvious reasons Um, and it would be a good idea to have a a few stains and a few chemicals and we've gathered those together into a kit which we call the pollen kit Um, fantastic and uh, people can use the pollen kit for looking at any parts of a bee really brilliant but then if you wanted to move on to the bee dissection you have to have a low power microscope as well okay but that right. can often be a second purchase, or if you're really keen to get going, you can buy the pair together. Great. So you need a high-power compound microscope and a low-power stereo microscope. Great. So, as Alan has just said, it's really easy to get involved in microscopy for beekeepers, to take a look at the pollen, to maybe have a look for nosema, start some honeybee dissections. And from my perspective, I think... 
it's an area of beekeeping that not enough beekeepers get involved in, yet it's so fascinating. I certainly would like to encourage everybody to at least take a look at it and maybe pop something on your Christmas wish list for this year. Um, Alan, thank you so much for inviting us along. It's been really good to chat and hopefully we can get together again at some point in the future. Excellent. It's good to meet you. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there we are. I hope you've enjoyed that podcast. And don't forget that all of the equipment that we've talked about is now going to be available on our website. So please do go across and take a look at it. And if you have any questions at all, then please do get in touch at the usual address. We'll catch up next time. But for now, I'm Stuart Spinks, and that was Beekeeping Short and Sweet. (laughs) 